My guest in this episode of the Misal Podcast is helping students get ahead by providing them with personalized tutoring and customized testing. His name is Roshan Aziz and he's a co-founder of Maksad. Maksad's mobile learning platform allows students from grades 9 to 12 to learn and test at their own pace. Let's listen in. Welcome to the Misal Podcast, Roshan. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Zaid? I'm doing very well. Well, first of all, uh, congratulations. You recently closed your seed round. Uh, kind of a big deal given the current environment. I would love to learn a little bit more about how you pulled that off. But uh, let's start off with first an introduction. Please tell me a little bit about yourself and what problem are you trying to solve with Maksad? Thank you so much for those kind words. So uh, I am the co-founder of Maksad. We started the company about 18 months ago. Uh, Maksad is on a mission to make education accessible for 100 million Pakistani students. More specifically right now, we focus on the after-school academic support market. It's basically creating solutions, technology, and content for students, uh, mostly high high school for now, who want to get support after their school and to really you know, uh, consolidate their understanding. Uh, they currently use a host of offline solutions, and we're di- digitizing that. To build a Maksad, um, I hear that you moved back to Pakistan. So how's that transition been like? You know, it's it's a kind of a big life decision to make. I was born and raised in Karachi, and I, I spent most of my life in high school, and I went to university in the UK, and then I and I worked there for about over six, seven years. So yeah, I mean, it was definitely a big decision. Personally, this is something I had always wanted to do. So me and Taha, both of us wanted to do this. So it was always at the back of our head. So when the time when the time came, uh, while it was a big decision, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't out of the blue for us. We'd been thinking about it for, for a few years. The transition back, obviously, you know, it was a completely different life. Uh, but I think the work and, and, and you know, what, what all we had to do just kept us super busy. So it wasn't really a challenge per se. But yeah, I've been living in a, in living London before. Living Karachi is completely different. I think one, one thing is it's not super walkable here. But otherwise, you know, uh, thankfully, things have really progressed so from like say, 10, 12 years ago when I was, you know, a student and living in Karachi. So, so yeah, the transition, alhamdulillah, has been good. But I think most importantly, it's because of the nature of work that keeps us busy and, and super grounded and focused. So I remember when you first started out and you raised your pre-seed round, it was really early. And I, I believe you did not have a, like a functioning product or a complete team and you were able to raise money at that time. Uh, this was like the peak of like, maybe not peak, but it was kind of the COVID environment where ed tech startups were having like very easy time to raise money. How's the market changed? Because you recently closed another round. How has that changed now that, you know, uh, ed tech is no longer as hot as it was? was back when COVID was happening. Yeah, so we, we raised our pre-seed in Crane 21. Uh, we had a product, it was super basic when we raised it. It did have users, so so all of that was there. But yeah, the team was super small uh, from that perspective. And then once we did, you know, get funding, we actually relaunched the product with, with you know, because it was just quicker to do that rather than, you know, continuing with the old product. And that's why there was a bit of a gap in the middle. Yeah, so the market's completely changed. Uh, I would say, where, you know, in the sense that companies just have to go through a lot more processes and due diligence to get to the other side. Uh, just speaking specifically from Maksad's side, I think there are a bunch of things that, you know, we we, we focused on and that work in our favor that, A, we, we're solving a pretty fundamental problem in Pakistan that, you know, people want access to good quality education. It is a necessity it isn't a luxury of sort number two that you know we have built a product that's being used 
uh, you know, again and again by by our students. So, so to give you an example, for the last five to six months, we've pretty much been number one on most days on the Google Play Store education ranking for Pakistan. So, so obviously that testament to to the product and how much is being used by students. Uh, and number three, I think we were quite clear on in what you want to achieve and 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 our focus for the next eighteen to twenty four months. I think all of these factors allowed us to, to be able to fundraise. Uh, Speed Invest is, is the new investor coming into this round. Uh, they've already seeded a bunch of ed tech companies before. Uh, and, and, you know, one of them is Go Student that turned out to be a, a unicorn as well. So, you know, they knew this space well. Uh, they had a huge, you know, ton of questions. Uh, but thankfully, you know, uh, we done a lot of prep beforehand. So, so it worked out. You started off, of course, you and your co-founder, right? So you started off with a small team. Like, so how were you able to scale? Like, what is like, what is that one thing that you were able to scale right away after you received funding uh, in terms of hiring, in terms of technical talent, in terms of content that you were supposed to create? So obviously we, we make our own content, as you rightly pointed out. We were able to scale pretty quickly across, you know, education front and the tech front both. We we had a, a sort of a part-time team beforehand, but and I assume you're talking about the first round and not this round or No, so what I'm talking about is like, you know, when you raised yeah, when you when you raised funding, whether it was like early on, even now, like how, what was like, you know, one thing that you said, okay, if we raise funding, we would go ahead and do this. What was that one thing? So obviously when we raised our pre-seed, it was it was super early days, the team, some of it was part-time, some some of it was full time. Then we were able to make everybody full time. We were able to. We were only. We started off and, uh, with only a few subjects. You we were able to get people from multiple subjects across STEM. So we were able to do that. I think technical talent has been, you know, has been a key focus for, for us from day one. So I think that was the most pronounced sort of, you know, growth that we could do because, as you know, technical talent is like a global. They compete globally, not only in Pakistan, even though if they're Pakistan based. So that's how we. Uh, you know, we scale then. I think quality of of people that we hire has, has been the number one priority for Taha and I. And that's something that we focused on since day one. If you were to ask you one thing that, you know, uh, is the biggest learning is that, you know, it, the hiring processes and the onboarding processes matter more than one would initially think. So so that that's really been our focus. Uh, and yeah, I think mission alignment has also been our focus that, you know, we were able to, you know, get people on board that were super aligned to the mission and, and, and do what we're building because I think that makes all the difference. So when you started to build and we, you know, moved back to Pakistan and everything, was there a certain kind of an insight that you felt you had in this industry where you were like, you know what, I know, but this that people don't understand. And I think I can prove it that I am right about you know, A, B or C. Yeah, I think that's a good question. Uh, so so when we started building our our product before anything else, it was 2020, end of 2020. And one of the things you realized was more than 97% of Pakistanis access the internet via mobile phone. Uh, nobody really had a mobile application then. Uh, that was that was quite interesting. One. Since then, most people have kind of built mobile application. But that was interesting that, you know, the experiences were pretty suboptimal given you know, they were kind of made, made for websites and so on. That's one of been our one of our focuses. Uh, number two is obviously we want to personalize it at scale. And, and then this has obviously been something that where technology really helps is just providing content to watch is not enough. 
there has to be an element of being able to make the process more engaging uh, and, and then and, and to scale it to be able to deliver true value proposition for, for the students. So these two insights was what we focused on from day one. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about the differentiating factor, which you kind of touch on. So I'll just move on to my other question, which is um, when it comes to like, you know, of course you have to go and like get the students onboarded, right? So how do you approach customer acquisition and customer retention? In terms of how do we approach customer acquisition, you know, around the latter day, you know, a great chunk of our users are coming organically through word of mouth. So, so that's really something that we're really happy about. But obviously there is this element of pushing. I mean, Pakistan has about 100 million uh, individuals aged 4 to 22. So, so it's a huge population that we have to get to across the country. So, so organic is word of mouth. Uh, and then we visit schools. Uh, we, we build, you know, communities in the sense that, you know, we've got a very active you know, WhatsApp channels for, for our students who come in and then tell their friends. Uh, we obviously are, if you look at SEO, that's something super important for us. So, you know, if you search for some content, you're able to find us. And then obviously, other than that, you know, we also dabble with, uh, you know, digital uh, marketing strategies and how do we make sure that our word gets out to students. So it's been a mix of that. But the aim of that has always been to move towards more organic over time. And that's what we're seeing today, that a significant chunk of our users are searching for Muxel because they've heard it from somebody or or their friends have told them and then and they're, they're downloading the app from that perspective. And and yes, I think that that for us is, is the focus. Uh, and your second question is, you know, in terms of retaining. So, so yeah, that again is, is, is super important for us. So, I mean, the more, more than anything, if we keep delivering value proposition for our students and if they see value, then they, you know, we, we notice that they keep coming back. But more importantly, the app should be able to be a place where they come and they invest in the app and they have something to come back to. I think if you if you see any, any product label, that's a very important thing that to be able for any user to invest in the app so that they have any reason to come back and use it again. That's how we think about this. Uh, and that's what we see. However, you know, you've got a huge bunch of like top of the funnel VF students coming from all classes. So it's a very interesting one that we see, right? So... Uh, across different boards, they have different, you know, uh, schedules, they have, you know, different learning patterns. So for us, you know, our initial focus has been class 9 to 12, and, and, we, and we see, you know, uh, good amount of retention there. But interestingly, and this is something we didn't expect, that we're seeing students from younger classes also come in because they may be an overlap or they, they want to use some or the other feature. And again, it's super interesting to see how their learning patterns differ from older, older students. From what I understand, is it mostly app-based or do you have like physical in-person classes? It's only app-based. So we, we don't even use our website. It's just, it's on the app. You come in, you learn on the app. Can you, can you talk a little bit about like, you know, what's the customer experience or student experience been like, like any success stories that you can talk about? I think we have a very strong sense of community and Muxet that we want our students to be part of the community. And, and as part of that, we, we keep hearing about stories of students who, for them, this has been life-changing, right? So I'll give you a few examples. So one of our features is, you know, people can ask a question and they can get a video solution and so on. Uh, and, and, and that's been super popular for students in more remote areas. You know, there are remote parts of KPK where certain students just don't have access to the right sort of academics, instructors. And for them, this is a way to get access to the best teachers in the country uh, to ask a question and get a video solution. That's number one. Number two, you know, a lot of government schools and a lot of schools, you know, sometimes it the teacher attendance across 
certain subjects isn't great. So I mean, yeah, you may have your math teacher coming in, but your chemistry teacher is a bit, you know, uh, is not always available. So again, we've got students who come to us and say, especially females who have limitations on going to after-school academic support, saying that, you know, uh, this is the only way we can have a complete education because, you know, our teacher at school, you know, he or she doesn't come on time or doesn't really show up as much. And, and, and now, because of Maksad, we're able to keep on track with our education. And and really, you know, we, we, we hear of these stories quite regularly. And for us, that's, that's super motivating. Uh, and this is from across the country, right? So this is, you know, KPK, this is Punjab, this is, this is Sin. Uh, and, and more interestingly, as I mentioned, for females, because uh, for them, going to after-school academic support is a challenge because they sometimes rely on somebody to drop them or pick them. Limited public transport means they can't go there them themselves. So yeah, that that's super motivating for us and the team. Grade 9 to grade 12, uh, of course, like you were trying to prepare them for the board exams, right? So is there anything other than the board exams that is taught uh, on the app or is it just specific to the curriculum? So in terms of the app, there is there are a number of ways, you know, number of value addition that we provide. So 9 to 12 board exam is perfectly right that you said, you know, now we're we're also dabbing into university desk prep. If you want to, you know, go to medical school, go to engineering school, you can you can use the app to some extent. Also, I think what we see is younger students, they they use the the doubt solve feature to, to send some questions because sometimes there's an overlap in questions and things like that. So yeah, the, the primary focus is 9 to 12, but we also see, you know, most of other students come in and use the app. Even interestingly, we sometimes see some bit old, older students come in because, you know, first few semesters of university, let's say if you're doing engineering stuff, there is a lot of overlap in terms of the, the maths and physics that you have to, you know, revise. So, so what, yeah, primarily is 9 to 12. Kind of mentioned it, like, you know, students send the questions and then they get the answers and stuff. So it just reminds me of ChatGPT, which is, you know, everything that everyone is talking about these days is ChatGPT, right? So how does that, you know, do you incorporate anything similar to ChatGPT within your app right now? Or do you have any plans in the future? So the current solution is different from ChatGPT, uh, you know, and, and then the super localized, it gives, and, you know, it's super focused to, uh, giving answers in Urdu and explaining it accordingly. Uh, as for the future, you know, we have a number of artificial intelligence uh, projects in the pipeline and we're super excited to launch them. Uh, I think, yeah, Jared GPD is definitely a game changer as to you know how students learn, how knowledge is accumulated. And then, yeah, we're super excited to be launching them in the next six to 12 months. But what's important is that we deliver something that adds more value than somebody just going to chat GPD and, you know, just, just sending a bunch of things, just, so yeah, more than just adding a wrapper, I think that there has to be a significant element of us adding value uh, through artificial intelligence. And we, we have some, you know, uh, solutions in the pipeline which we're super excited on. Forgive me, like I, I don't have like access to the app or like the lesson, so I might ask you a question which, you know, I should probably know the answer to. But how do you ensure like the quality in terms of like, you know, uh, do you have like uh, teachers teaching a course, you record it, uh, you know, in your studios and then you put it out? Like, how does that part work? Yes. So all of our content is built uh, in-house. We have a rigorous queue. QC process and it's actually you know multi-team so so we make sure that you know uh somebody from one team makes it another team check it and and i think that's really you know the complexity of, of how we do things uh but yeah uh the QC is super strong and and also we, we keep a very strong pulse on feedback that we get 
And if needed, then we can kind of, you know, edit it accordingly. There are a lot of startups that are adjacent to EdTech, right? So they might be doing something very similar to what you're doing, but not exactly the same thing. Is there anything that you wish there was in the market right now, uh, some product that would make your life easier? We don't really rely on much product in Pakistan, if you're talking about in terms of, you know, getting us and a word out. But I think generally we as a company are super excited each time a legitimate product comes out, even if it's something completely unrelated to what we're doing. And the reason is that I think the shift towards digital is, is something that not only one sector has to do, everybody has to do that. So so for us, if you know somebody is doing, you know, com- something completely different in, in 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 technology, be it, you know, groceries, be it healthcare, et cetera, it could be anything. Uh, for us, I think that just builds on the ecosystem as a whole. Uh, and I think that benefits all of us. Uh, and, and, you know, one example of that has been, you know, how people are now getting comfortable with, uh, you know, digital banking. And I think that's, that's super interesting because that just gives the impression to people that, okay, sure, they, they, we can trust something digital with our money. So again, that's just a mindset shift. That's super interesting to witness. And that's something that we really look forward to. What would you say if I asked you, like if there is something that, you know, um, you wish you had known before you started building your company or something that you look back and you're like, you know what, we wish we would have done it differently. Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, if we look back is, I think we were, we were told that it was very important to, to make sure that talent is key is priority and and yet is doing that. But I think now that we're in the weeds of it, we realize that you you can never be you can never enough invest enough in talent. And that means throughout the process, right? From from identifying to hiring to making sure the culture is right. And I think that as founders is something that we have to do every day. Uh and that's something that's not super quantifiable. That's something that's a bit, you know, vague at times. But Thinking on that is probably any any new founder that's starting, we would tell them that, you know, just make sure to invest in that, in, invest in the culture, invest uh, in talent from the beginning, because if you set expectations right, it's also a matter of an ever, and just to give you a bit of more color. So it's also like, oh, you can get the best talent, but if you don't set the expectations right or set, you know, their, their roles and responsibility right, that's also not going to be much help. So all of these things that you learn, I think you can never be prepared enough for that. So anybody who's starting or if I was starting, you know, 18 months ago, that's what I would tell myself to double down. You know, Alhamdulillah, we've been quite fortunate that, you know, our team is is, is really, really, you know, passionate. But again, I think there there could be some things that could save a lot of time and, you know, a lot of learning and, and, and you know, talent management. And, and, and that is definitely one of that. So what do you look for? So now since you're talking about talent, like, you know, what do you look for when you're hiring? Like, is there something specific that you're looking for? So for us, I think, Technical competency, obviously, in whatever role they're getting, but over and above, are they passionate about the problem you're solving? Because uh, that makes all the difference. So, so we've noticed over time that getting people who who want to solve the problem, who have some sort of affinity to it, are people who can go over and above to really, you know, build solutions that you know are unique. So that's really something you're looking for, uh, because you know you could be super smart, you can have like a stellar CV, but if Education is not something that you resonate with because it's very different to do uh, to, to other things, right? It's not like e-commerce. It's not like fintech where you, know, you can go from a bank to somewhere else. You know, the talent pool is a bit unique that way. Uh, so I think if you're not passionate about it, then in most cases, you know, your ability to do to, to do disrupt in a way would, would be limited in our opinion. 
Uh, so I think that's something we look for over and above technical ability. And oftentimes, you know, people are able to upskill themselves if they're passionate. And that's the most interesting thing, right? Uh, that, you know, as somebody who is not super experienced, but they really, really want to do this, they will spend the hours and time to really upskill themselves. Uh, so, so that's been an interesting insight. Thank you so much, uh, Roshan, for uh, being on the Missile Podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you and wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me, Zahir, and I appreciate the question. You know, how, how you went into detail with that. Big fan of the work you're doing for the ecosystem. Thanks for listening to the Missile Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and will thank me by writing a review or sharing it on social media. Make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks again. See you soon.